Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Umbrella Academy. This week we are covering Season 2, Episode 7, Yaga for Yaga. Very good. (laughs) I got really panicked that I was like, oh crap, I hope I don't have to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Five said it in this episode too, and he said, I was like, okay, cool, well, cool. I know, he was, and you he was know, close I, to what I was saying last week, so I was like, "All right, I'm on it. I think I'm good." <laughs> I was very impressed <laughs> with your pronunciation last week, and then when I heard Five say it this week, I was like, "Damn, Pink was like <laughs> on it." Because I feel like Five's gonna know how to say that, right? I mean, clearly uh-huh. he knew what it meant, but I mean, I feel like his uh, pronunciation is gonna be pretty spot on. And it's funny because I was really worried about having to say it when we podcasted on it this week. So I Googled it and had them do a pronunciation of it. And there were two different um, audio versions. Both, it said both were men from Sweden, by the way, Uh this wasn't, you know, and they both pronunciated it different ways. Yeah. Yeah. You probably looked at the same ones I did when I was trying to figure it out for last week. And so I just kind of picked the one that I thought was that sounded better or sounded more right, but I didn't know. So I, I didn't know what was right, but I thought which one's easier to say? There you go. Which which translation or which pronunciation is easier for me to say? That's what I was going to go with. But I was like, I don't know. I really like fives too. Five had a uh, <laughs> and the way that you said it was was really well done. Yeah. So I I, I did stress and I thought how I guess maybe. I don't know if there's different dialects in Sweden. Maybe that's why those two guys sounded differently. But I was like, dude, you guys are from the same country and you're both are saying it different. What's right? Uh Both are probably right. Anyway, (laughs) what did you think of this episode in general, Paik? I think so far this season, this is the episode that has easily been the most like, "Ah, I need the next one now. Like, I know. Out of all of them so far, it's been the hardest to st- stop watching and compile notes and get ready to record and know that I can't move on to the next one because it was so good. But mainly, and you know, I'll, I'll get into exactly why later. But it was such a tense episode. The whole thing just had this just you air right. of of intensity and like this rush, like this sense of urgency, and it was like. It really got the adrenaline going watching this episode, and I like that they did that. Yes, yes, <laughs> you were you were very right. It was very intense, uh, and a lot happening, and a lot of emotions. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a really great season, and it was really hard not to go on to the next one. I, we oh, like man. to challenge you here at Strange Indeed, where <laughs> you have to stop and not move on and just sit here and be like, oh my God, what's what's going to happen? I was very tempted. Typically, I, I, I it, it passes for me fairly quickly. I'm like, no, you have a job to do. You have <laughs> to stick to this episode. You are not going to cheat and you know peek at the next episode you know, and find out what happens. We're not going to do that. We're going to stay strong. But this, this, this episode, it really tempted me to just, it's like, it's okay. No one will know. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, look, no, you're not going to do that. So yeah, I didn't, tough. but I wanted to, um, <laughs> for sure. Um, this, this 
season and then like haunting of hill house was always really difficult not to keep watching uh, yeah. you know and go ahead and watch that next episode or binge it like everyone else was it was very difficult to stick to one episode so this is definitely um kind of staying staying there with me it was really yeah. great <sighs> really kick-ass season they've done a, oh, i yeah. think a pretty good job i i'm really really proud of of what they've done because you know and sean and i used to talk about it a lot um so many Netflix shows, well, and maybe so many is not a fair assessment, but many, I guess, at least the ones that we've covered and, and that we've watched, you know, they kind of fall flat sometimes in the middle. You know, they start out really strong, fall flat a little in the middle, you know, like maybe the pacing's off or something's a little wonky or weird, but the writing or just doesn't quite, you know, vibe or something. And then it might pick up in those last couple of episodes. This I felt yeah. stayed pretty strong so far. I mean, we're already in episode seven. We've got three more to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I hate to, you know, feel too good about it. Cause I don't want to be <laughs> let down. <laughs> yeah. No, I get what you're That's saying. Really terrible. <laughs> it's almost like, like music, like a, like a record, like an album where yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of artists and stuff that put out an album that like the first like three or four tracks are always like the singles and the ones that, you know, people hear a lot. And so it's, it starts off super strong and then they're kind of like, yeah. And then the middle of the album, we just kind of threw in the other stuff just to pad the album mm-hmm. out and have 11 tracks. But then, you know, at the end, the closer is real good and it keeps you around, you know? So yeah, I think a lot of shows kind of do that too. Cause they're meant to be binged on Netflix for a lot of people. So it's like, Oh, the storyline through lines enough to keep you watching. But we, we kind of threw in some stuff just to get through to the big finale that we wanted to show. Yeah. That's a a really good analogy. I'm, I'm really, really proud of how strong that they've, at least for me, um, you know, they've stayed pretty strong with it. So, yeah. Well, I am really excited to go ahead and start jumping into our top five because there's a lot to get into, a lot to talk about, a lot that happened. Like you said, it was pretty intense. So let's talk about some of that intensity. What's your number five? All right. My number five is not necessarily the intensity part of it, but it (laughs) is the handler and and Lila a little bit too. But but just the handler in this episode, um, just stepping right into – her role that she kind of set up for herself. She sure and, did. Yeah. She wasn't very, uh, I, I didn't buy her being sad or having to pass on this, this news that the board members had all died. She's like, I am so yeah. distraught to, to bring you this news where she can barely even conceal a smile on her mm-hmm. face. <laughs> Any questions? Everyone raises their hand or bless people raise their hand. And she's just like, walking away yeah oh yeah way to handle that handler Yeah. (laughs) and then she's kind of demented too a little bit she keeps i guess that was we didn't see that before but i guess she instructed five to keep aj alive and you know he delivers aj to her in a little little fish bag and she puts him in a bowl on the desk and is tapping on the glass and just tormenting the poor fish terrible (laughs) terrible (laughs) And then uh, where Lila comes in in this, I guess, is then, you know, you can tell Lila is down because she's seeing, which I know she would have known this side of her mother. She's seen it, but it still bothers her. It looks like that when she when she sees this very evil side of her mom that is willing to just, you know, torment and kill all these people just to get the power that she wants back and then act like nothing wrong happened. And she's worried about costumes, you know, security outfits Mm -hmm. and 
that, yep. you know, and so she's, she's looking upset about that. And so ha- the handler's way of appeasing her is giving her this head of security job, which she's like, yeah. well, yeah, I do want it, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to do it on my own terms. Like she's still trying to step out on her own away from her mother. And I guess we find out pretty quickly her terms is, you know, she wants to pick out her own security team. And I figured that she would want Diego to be a part of that. Yeah, pretty interesting that she thinks he'd go along yeah. with with all of that. Uh, yeah, pretty interesting turn of events there and how, you know, she assumes. I mean, I don't know, you know, can people like revolt against her authority and be like, well, we don't agree with that. We protest, you know, maybe we need to like get new board members or well, and then maybe find out exactly what happened to the ones that they did have. But, you know, for her to be the one like in absolute power doesn't seem right. Yeah. She just steps in like, I guess I assume the role of leader now. Like, I don't know what the hierarchy or politics of the commission are, but yeah, and even um, oh goodness, and and what's I totally forgot what's his name, but the guy oh, that she Herb, Herb thanks, yes, Herb. Yeah, and he's like, you know, hey, well, she got demoted. What gives mm-hmm. her the authority, you know, to just step in into that role? Uh, so it's like, is anybody gonna question that, or is it they can't yeah. question it because it's kind of like a you know, dictatorship kind of thing where if you question it, you're, you're gone or something happens to you too. And they, yeah. they probably think that they probably suspect that, okay, you probably had something to do with that. If we yeah. say something or question it, we're going to be next, you know, I think that's what better. it is. Yeah. Is that they definitely question it, but her track record shows that don't question it publicly to her or else uh, things are not going to go well for you. Yep. You're probably right. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah. One really fun line from her in that, uh, conversation with Lila that I did want to touch on mm-hmm. where she says, don't yak my yum with your bad mood. I've never heard that before, but I, I really liked that for some reason. I was like, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Yeah. She, she, I really enjoy Kate Walsh uh, who oh, plays yeah. the handler. I am a huge Grey's Anatomy fan and way back in the day, uh, I mean, she's been on multiple things and, and other TV shows and, you know, things like that. So she, she's known for other things, but what I know and love her from so much is Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. as you know, Dr. Um, Addison Montgomery Shepard. She's an absolute legend on that show. And so I, I really enjoy seeing her in this role. I, I thought at first I was kind of like, I didn't think, at first she quite fit. It took me a little while to kind of warm up to her in season one, but I, you know, quickly did. And I really like what she brings to it. I, I love like the different, um, I'm assuming they're wigs um, that she wears, you know, she's got the dark uh-huh. and then, and then she was back to the blonde wig uh, in, in this episode, which I was, didn't know if that meant it had something to do with like her power transition. Cause she had the dark hair you know, in the beginning of the season and, and up until this point. And then when she takes over and announces the board, you know, she's back to that blonde hair again. So I'm like, <laughs> having a little trouble keeping up with her hair and what, if that means something or not. But I mean, her, 
um, you know, her style's always on point. I absolutely love yeah. who, whoever is doing the costume design for this show is really knocking out, knocking it out of the park, not just for all the characters and, and how they dress and really kind of capturing their character with their clothes. But for her, I mean, it's just spot on. I love everything that oh, they put yeah. her in. I it's, think it's great. I think it's over the top. It's, oh, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> She's very uh, Elizabeth Banks in The Hunger Games. Oh, I've <laughs> heard a couple people kind of say colorful, that. yeah, the hair, colorful yeah, hair, colorful, and the poofy clothes, and, and all the different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's very dramatic and has a flair <laughs> and definitely a style, you know, uh, of her own. Uh, so I, I love it though. Some stuff I'm kind of like, hmm, but most of the time I'm kind of like, I just love it. Even if it's something I couldn't see myself in, I just I think it's it's perfect for her and um, definitely suits suits her and her personality. So I love yeah. that. Cool, cool. That's really good. The one thing, though, that really kind of talking about the handler, uh-huh. one thing that kind of eked me out just a little bit was her comment to five after he comes back from his mission and hands over AJ. And she looks at him and says, mm, you're really starting to fill out those uh, little shorts. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I was just, not exactly sure what she was meaning by that. I was like, part of me, I'm like, I really hope you're not like coming on to him like i get that he you've known him for years and years and years and years but he still looks like he's 13 <laughs> like let's no, like all that so just, i almost wonder if it's her like speaking more you know mentally or or him as right. a person saying like oh yeah you're you're growing up you're trying to do this and that for your family and you i'm seeing more maturity in you i'm gonna like grow up it's maybe what he's what she means instead of more physically or attractively. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, does she mean it? Like, like you just said, like, it's kind of like, you know, you're filling them out as in you're growing up and you're yeah. maturing or was it dirty? And I mean, that's where my mind automatically goes because that's just <laughs> how my mind works. But I was just like, ew. Yeah. I, don't I know say he's, that. I don't no, care if he's almost 60. Don't say that to him. I know. He's in a he's in like a 13-year-old body. Mm-hmm. I don't care if mentally he's 58 years old. Yeah. Uh, ick. Stop it. <laughs> Not good. So that was one thing that was kind of like, ew, I didn't like that that line. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it funny. I just find it I found it creepy. So yeah. like, ew, stop it. It was a little, yeah, it was a little strange, a little off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> a little Did bit. You say that? <laughs> Yeah, I just, I'm like, that. I mean, that's what I assume. I could be wrong. Uh, and I didn't see anything that said otherwise, but that's. I'm just going to assume it's a maturity comment and leave it at that and be like, yeah, that's what we're going to go. We're going to go with that. We're just going to move on from that one and not dig too deep. I just know it gave me the, the heebie jeebies. Um, so, well, that was really good. Number five. Do you have anything else that you want to say about that? Um, not really, other than just a thing with Lila and Diego, but if that's like a further point, then we can get to that later. Okay. Well, my number five, I want to talk about that cold open. Oh, yeah. I mean, so freaking good. I I really, really love that. And um, before I get too deep in it, though, before five goes in there, just a side note or maybe a side question. Was he really going to pause for a moment and before he assassinated the board to have a chocolate bar? that's what it seemed like i guess he needed something to like get him in a headspace or calm him you know something normal or like something to kind of calm him down or give him this like okay i need a second to breathe let me do let me eat like a chocolate bar before i go in here and do something crazy yeah 
normal maybe i was like what 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 was that all about was, was he really just and then of course clearly upset that he didn't get that chocolate bar because he totally destroyed that vending machine oh my um, god i loved so- his line too. <laughs> stupid mother no what stupid mother fudge nutter fucking fudge nutter <laughs> so many good lines in this one um but i really love that cold open love when he you know he walks in and he he meets this lady at the hotel and she of course assumes he's some lost kid or looking for his mom at this convention that's happening or whatever and Mm -hmm. so that that was really funny um and you know, and then he goes to the vending machine and I'm like, okay, is he really want, is he stopping for a snack? I mean, is that, I don't know, kind of, I guess maybe I don't quite get anything to that. Maybe I'm not supposed to, maybe there was no meaning to that. I'm looking for something that isn't there. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing that you can definitely say with confidence is that five is one badass assassin. Oh yeah. And he, I mean, he swept in there and took almost everyone out before they could blink or sit up from their chair uh, and sliced and diced. And he he really had like a whole, um, oh, what's his name? Jack from The Shining. Jack, um, oh, shoot. I'm oh, really disgracing myself Lawrence, right now. Right? Um no, I don't think that's Torrance. it. Torrance, thank there you. Yes. I, I was in that Reddy, realm. I was like, hang on. No, Reddy from Castle Rock. There was a Jackie Torrance. Yeah. And she was supposed to be related to <laughs> Jack Torrance. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Way to go, Rima, big Stephen King fan. Right. Um, <laughs> we got there. We got there. <laughs> embarrassed myself. It's been a long day, guys, for real. And I've had a little bit to drink. I've um, And it's been a long day. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like he channeled a little bit of Jack Torrance there with that axe. Um, and it was funny because he didn't even have a weapon when he like he had to find a weapon right and he just you know like what's he gonna do when he get there he had like no plan he's just like okay i gotta i gotta kill all the board members but he just he didn't really have a plan and i think that's kind of you know shows the side of five that he can just really improvise like that and it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what kind of weapon that he has he can just go in and work with whatever he's got and he just happened to find that axe he's like okay this is what I'm using. And he can just go in and just take everyone out and he slice and dice. He, the whole room is covered in blood. There's dead bodies and body parts everywhere. And here comes the hotel lady pissed about the vending machine. <laughs> she only worries about the vending machine. Little mister. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? You just tackled him and he's killed everyone in this room. And you're just like pissed about the vending machine. I don't, I don't, not quite the reaction I was looking for, but mm-hmm. I thought it was really clever. I thought it was a really great demonstration of, of five and his abilities and his power and not just his practice. He did use his power, uh, you know, in order to overcome everyone and take everyone like by surprise and things like that. But he is really just skilled at what he does. I mean, yeah. <laughs> clearly he was trained very well and he's just really good at what he does. Um, and his power, of course, just, like amplifies that so uh really great cold open um great music that went along with it and i it's so bad to say but it was fun you know it was people people died and were slaughtered uh but it was fun to watch it was like yeah okay go five so i feel a little bad for saying that murder's not good but five is awesome yep so just love that cold open. I, you know, they do a pretty good job with the cold opens and I'd love a good cold open. I'm a sucker for a good cold open and um, yeah. I really like it when they nail it. And I thought this one was pretty great. 
It was great. Yeah, this actually, it's my number two. So, yeah, the only other things, yeah, as uh, about it is this happened a lot sooner than I thought it would. Because I think last week I was talking about like, oh, he's going to have to figure out his time travel stuff before mm-hmm. he tries to hunt these guys down. I was like, oh, nope, this episode just starts with him there. And we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Yeah, and so. we're just not going to think too hard about the fact that he can you know, go to 1982 when if they stay in their current time zone, there's not going to be a 1982 because the apocalypse is going to happen in, in, what is it, 1962 is where they're stuck. Like that, 63. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're, so you can't think too hard when you're talking the time travel and, and how is he able to even get to 1982, if, yeah. like if it even exists. But I don't know, I think they talked a little bit about that in the, in the first season about how the different time uh, timelines can exist. Um, even if like this world ends or something, there's still another timeline or yeah. something. I don't know. Oh, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> we know when Remus starts talking time <laughs> timelines and time travel, it goes wrong very quickly. But I, I thought I remembered them saying something. So I'm trying not to think too hard about, you know, how he was able to get to even, you know, even get there. Yeah. Um, just, yep, just yeah. roll with it. <laughs> they, they they didn't they didn't spend any time on it. He's just there, so just it was good to get, get right to done. that moment. Yeah, um, keep, he had some good moments the in there. Yeah, yeah, and they did a good yeah. job with the pace. I mean, just mm-hmm. let's not waste any time. We're just gonna go exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, again, that woman that he talks to at the beginning that gives him the change. Um, the line that he says to her: mm-hmm. "Someday the best luck is to die at the right time." And that look on her face, just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> who who is this kid's parents and what are they talking to him about? Uh but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Another funny moment is that after he massacres the entire board member team and he's just covered in blood sitting there over the smashed bowl and body of AJ and these like two girls, because I guess there's like this German thing going on also in this lodge, like another like convention or party. And these two women like walk out of the door and see him all covered in blood. And then they just turn around and go right back in. Like, yeah, I'm not dealing with that today. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, oh, we just walked into something that we shouldn't have. And we're yep. just pretend <laughs> we didn't see one. that. <laughs> yep. That was really funny. And then we get the title card. Title card watch was the umbrella shape and like reflection of the ceiling in AJ's eyes as he's flopping on the floor, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I think that's all I had on yeah. that. Awesome. Finishing up. <laughs> well, then what is your number four? My number four is Vanya and mm. the dilemma that she finds herself in this episode. Yeah. We can call it that. Um was really awkward when we picked up with them because they're all sitting at the breakfast table and Sissy's, you know, just doing her normal morning routine, making routine, making coffee or it was breakfast or lunch, whatever, but, you know, getting stuff ready and cleaning up. She turns on the radio and Carl just gets up and immediately turns it off and then sits back down. So it's clear that he's upset about something, but then they're sitting here at this table and I was like, well, this is awkward because Carl knows Sissy and Vanya at this time don't know he knows. Carl knows that the girls don't know that he knows. I, that, sorry, that last one was for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep going. No, um, but yeah, but they're just sitting there and he... You know, so she's like, oh, we're going to take Harlan to his appointment and she's going to come with me because Harlan likes. And he was like, very, no, I'm going to take her. I need her with me. And Vanya knows something is up. And I think she um, 
goes goes ahead and goes with him because she knows that she can handle herself if he tried anything. She's very confident in her abilities and stuff at this point where she's like, no, that's fine. I don't want to cause a problem, you know, so go with him. And then if he tries anything like I can handle myself. And so, yeah, uh, he takes her out to this ranch, which at first I was like, what was his plan again? He's going to drop she's going to drop him off and then which there ended up being a house back there so i was like okay yeah i was a little confused yeah Yeah. what was going on and where they were supposed to be going (laughs) but they had this little conversation which fired me up a little bit oh man i was like carl seriously comparing her sexuality to like a disease that spreads and needs to be eradicated and stuff i was like girl just blow him up right now just i'm not even gonna blame you there's no Uh fixing kind of broken just boom <laughs> yeah very ignorant mm-hmm. that's why i can't be given powers like that i'm Which, too reactionary <laughs> I'm too. I, I, I i shoot first ask questions <laughs> later that's where i would be oh yeah and he threatens her and is you know basically telling her like yeah so you can go back to the house and i'm gonna hang out here and get a drink with my friend at this ranch and then when i go back home you better be gone and I guess he hasn't picked up on the fact that uh, Vanya and Sissy had been planning an escape. So I think all he was aware of was that they were, you know, fooling around with each other behind his back. But I don't think he realized their whole plan. And then Sissy just has to go and ruin it by letting her, I don't know, whatever, some kind of ethical or moral dilemma thing going on in her mind that forces her to leave him a note. And then he calls his brother, who's a police officer, to stop them. And that did not end well <laughs> at all. No, it did not. Yeah. Um, I was always a little, like I was trying to figure out what Sissy meant back in, and I, I won't pretend to remember exactly which episode, but an earlier episode, you know, when she was talking to Vanya and uh, talking about the coffee can and the money that she had hidden. And I was like, okay, so is she, she have a plan to leave or was it more, I think she kind of referred to just in case, like if, yeah. if he left her, um, if he died, something like that, she'd have something to kind of fall back on. So yeah. she wouldn't have to be completely helpless, but it almost, she almost alluded to wanting to leave. Like if, if something like if she felt she had to, she could, she might not have said that, but I felt like she was alluding to that. Maybe that's something I was just reading into that or something. I don't know. Uh, but it was kind of hard to, to kind of, you know, figure out exactly what she was meaning by that. And -hmm. it's unfortunate that she happened to feel any type of loyalty to him at all by leaving him that note. And then of course, delaying them in, in their journey and trying to, to get away. Yeah. Because he even paints himself as a little bit more of a villain because even before I was like, well, I can get his side also because he was painted in this light of like, yeah, he, he kind of this aggressive person in some ways, but like he's been good to Sissy and like they made a good point to show like, oh, he loves Harlan. He loves his son and he provides for him. But then when he's out there at the ranch talking to Vanya and he just flippantly throws out like, oh, yeah, and I'd send Harlan away to some, you know, school or wherever or some, you know, place that would take care of him. And he makes it, you know, he paints it in this picture of, you know, it's, it's better suited for somebody like him anyway and blah, blah, blah. But it's clear that he would do that just as a dig, just just to get back at Sissy for what she did the f- <laughs> and being who know, she is. <laughs> yeah. So, 
yeah, I have some problems with what he said. And <laughs> so, and you mentioned, first of all, he's, I mean, this was like pretty much like a general attitude in the sixties, right? I mean, yeah. uh, any, any type of homosexuality or, you know, any, you, you weren't allowed, you know, like to be that way and to be free. We've, we, you know, in those times, it just, it wasn't accepting if you were gay, you, it was, you had to, stay closeted you couldn't talk about it and you couldn't live freely at least not in many many places maybe there were some places that you know maybe that it was more accepting um communities and and places and things maybe that were but it certainly wasn't very widespread right yeah especially in the south especially (laughs) in the south for sure so and i mean we saw that already you know a little bit with how uh you know, Klaus was treated when he was trying to convince his, his former lover, Dave, you know, Mm -hmm. and clearly Dave is, is very closeted. You know, he can't be himself. He has to, you know, he's probably, he, not only is he like lying to his family, he's lying to himself about, you know, who he is. And that's of course really sad as well that, you know, you have to lie to yourself about who you are and that you can't at least be free with yourself. That that is heartbreaking to me. Um, but that was a general attitude. And so I, 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 I see his attitude and feel like, okay, so that's, that's kind of on par with the times, not that it's okay, but I, yeah. I understand where it's coming from because that's just, that's how it was. Not that it's good. And I don't mean that it's good just cause that's how it was. So it was disgusting what he said to her, like comparing who she, who she is um, to a disease that must be stopped or squashed and, yeah. and, you know, be rid of, uh, that's terrible to refer to anybody in, in, in that context. Um, but I did try to feel his, or at least kind of see a little bit of, of his side of, um, someone kind of coming in on his marriage. Yeah. You know, I can understand that, him being angry for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because if Vanya was a man, you know, how would we feel then? Or if it was Vanya going after Carl instead of Sissy, yeah. you know, I mean, would we feel any different? I mean, are we? Is it okay to say that because you know Vanya and Sissy are of the same sex that it makes what they did okay? I mean, we still can't really excuse, you know that or anything or say that it's okay. Um, you know, so I, I, I understand where he's coming from because, you know, he's seeing someone coming into his marriage and, you know, rocking the boat and, you know, tearing apart his family as he sees it. Um, but then when he goes in and, you know, makes the threat against Harlan and he can just so flippantly say, you know, well, I'll just send him away to where he can, you know, be better treated or better taken care of, you know, and like, it's nothing. And whether Mm -hmm. he meant it as an empty threat or not was pretty damn dirty. Yeah. You don't, you don't go there. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's your kid, man. And, you know, to suggest something like that, you know, I, that was definitely a step, step too far. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. That's what really, I guess I was already kind of mad just because, yeah, I was like, don't don't talk to Vanya like that about her. And then, yeah, you bring Harlan into it like that. And it's like, okay, now just, just screw you completely. <laughs> yep, totally agree. Yeah. 
anyway, yeah, definitely an interesting moment and um, interested to see, you know, kind of what happens next out of that. Of course, with just everyone too, knowing that the whole episode ended um, in the complete misdirection of what five had intended. <laughs> so, <laughs> where the hell did we go from here? You know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Really good. Number four. Uh, well, I'm going to lighten it up just a little bit. All and right, I want to talk a little <laughs> there's, there's so much heaviness, so much intensity. Oh, yeah. Going to lighten it up just a little bit and talk about some funny moments uh, in, in this episode. Um, so you mentioned Five's line in the beginning when he tells that lady in the hotel. I don't know. It was just his, it was such a combination of things. What I really love about this show is like it has this combination of uh, something from Marvel where there's a little humor and mm-hmm. funny moments, but then it's kind of a little bit like the boys. And I know you've watched the boys, right? Yeah. At least uh-huh. one. Okay. Yeah. And for anyone who hasn't seen that on Amazon prime, I highly recommend it. I know it's season two just came out. <laughs> so, so good. I can't recommend that show enough, but it it's dark and it's twisted, oh, yeah. you know, and there's, and there's a really great dark humor to it, which I, absolutely love i mean it's why i love it so much um but i feel like this this show kind of gives me a combination of both it goes to some dark places like the boys does but also keeps it light and humorous like uh, a little bit of marvel things um yeah, a lot of quips and back and forth with dialogue yeah. yeah yeah i think and especially like um something i'll talk about here in a little well uh, one of my other funny moments that kind of brings it in but you know that's what i i really like about this show is is that combination of that um but anyway his line where he says you know the best luck is dying at the right time and then just like the look on her face and his <laughs> just deadpan like delivery it's just like <laughs> hilarious to classic me. Five, though. <laughs> definitely classic five um and then when uh, that moment with Ben and Klaus when, you know, Klaus is like really sleepy and he's like, you're not going to possess me again. You're not, I'm not going to let you and I'm not going to fall asleep. And Ben's like, it's okay. You can, you know, you're tired. He goes, and he's trying to like coax him asleep. And he's like across from him in the room a little bit. And at each time Klaus starts to kind of drift off and his head pops back up, Ben's like a little bit closer. Yes. And he's, he, he's like really annoyed by him and he starts to drift off again. And all of a sudden Ben's even closer and kind of in his face and he, in Klaus's face, he's like, get off of me. I hate, I hate your face. It's like the videos. Yeah, it was great. Have you seen those the videos of uh, like people doing that like with their cats, where like they'll have like the camera and like they'll go turn it into the like hallway, and the cats at the end of the hallway just stand there staring at them, and then they like pull the camera back against the wall, and then they would come back like the cat's standing a little bit closer but completely still, and they do that to where each time they pull the camera out into the hallway, the cat has moved but is still completely still, just closer to the camera. That's funny. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Ben just kind of sneaking a little bit forward, waiting for his moment to pounce. <laughs> that's a really good comparison. I, I think I've only seen a couple of those videos, but now that you say that, I am remembering uh, seeing a few like that. Um, boy, cats. Whew. I think I'll stick with my dogs. They're, a little <laughs> They're not quite as creepy sometimes. Yeah talking me um but yeah exactly that so so really funny as he keeps getting closer and closer uh and 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 scares klaus and i i feel those two have such a really good chemistry together and um i you know i really enjoy seeing them in their scenes together um 
because they have such a, a a sibling you know rivalry you know they all do but to see them two together and kind of rib each other and how they give each other such crap every episode is so much fun to watch and this one was especially funny as well mm-hmm. um and then we had another good sibling moment um in the episode as well with luther and diego <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, and, and poor Elliot. So we come back and they're like, you know, they're, they're thinking, well, what the hell happened to Elliot? And, you know, uh, Diego's like, Oh, it had to be the government. You know, he's always kind of thinking, you know, kind of going that way in his thinking. And, you know, Luther's like, no, that's crazy. And they, you know, then they, they finally do notice and they're kind of trying to make out what it is, um, that it means on the floor that the Swedes left. Yeah. Um, with their eye for an eye, I'm just going to say it in English because we're not yeah. going to, not attempting the Swedish version. Um, so, but they pronounce it, they say, Oga Ferrego. Yeah. And so they're like, well, that, let, let's go find them. Let's go, go see. Oh, we can find <laughs> yeah. And so they pull out the phone book and they actually find someone named Olga Ferrego. <laughs> and they're like, be her let's call the bitch you know (laughs) those two they they play off like they're Mm -hmm. i swear the writers must have heard so much feedback from season one when people would talk about how dumb these two were and they decided to like really play it up in this episode yeah Um, because the this whole scene with them was just to me gold so you know luther calls them up and in the proper way when he you know was like you know well you know, I have to ask, ask you this. And he, he's like, what, wait, me, uh, I'm Luther Hargreaves, you know, and just (laughs) very properly drops his name. Diego takes over and he starts to talk. And was it just me or did he inflect a little Batman tone? A little bit. He told Olga she'd be dead by nightfall. You killed one of ours. (laughs) Christian Bale, Batman in that, which was funny because it's, what like five said when he's like imagine batman but the name lower yeah (laughs) so i was like i don't know if that was intentional or not but i got a little bit of that when when he was talking so um those were some definitely some funny scenes for me and then of course you mentioned earlier the uh when the two uh girls in the costume there's a big polka festival or something going on right Uh so they're in like polka costumes and and they step out and they see five covered in blood and they're just like whoa okay turn you know we're out of here and they turn back around just all casual like and um like it's in five just like eh, whatever he doesn't care about being seen yeah uh, he's out of there it's like so, i'm going to a different i'm going to 20 years ago in a minute anyway, i'm so jumping right out of here i'm going 20 <laughs> years back so you know no problem but you know it's it's nothing to him he's so used to to you know what what he does or what he used to do anyway and uh so just some really good like funny lighthearted moments which the show always you know sprinkles in i mean even when there is super intensity like there is with this you know particular episode or other episodes they still find a way to have some lighthearted moments and just kind of really mixes it up which i do appreciate yeah so that's all that i had cool. is there any funny moments um that i didn't mention that that you want to bring up um i don't think so cool so what is yours? See, that was, what's your number three? Number three is Ben and his possession of Klaus. Yeah. 
I um I didn't like seeing the strife in the clan relationship a little bit. Yeah, and even though it was a funny moment, you know, it was, I hate your face. Well, I hate you. I'm like, come on, boys, get get along. Just yes. your brothers, you're good. Love each <laughs> but, other. But it was really funny. And then, you know, Ben is trying to talk Klaus into letting him possess him just for a little bit. He's like, so I, I just want to talk to Jill. That is his only concern in the world right now is that he wants to talk to Jill. And he's like, Jill, which one is that? Is it the Moroccan with the limp or whatever? And he was like, no, I've told you this so many times. He goes, I so rarely listen to you. Which I was like, that is so sadly true. Listen to your brother, Klaus. Listen. But uh, finally, you know, he talks him into it. And he gets to basically have a body again. And it just took Klaus, I guess, being okay with it and allowing him to take over. That he got to spend some time in that body. And I actually thought it was Really, really curl. Oh, cool. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Curl. I had a <laughs> mixing, mixing up words when I'm reading something and saying something else. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Set to Sister of Pearl by Bayo. It's a great song. I love that song. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but it was just a really cool. And at first I was like, oh, this is fun. He's he's walking around and getting to see stuff. And then it it really hit me how impactful this was for Ben. Because he's been, you know... 16 years or whatever it was that they mentioned where he's been a ghost where you know what senses has he had he probably hasn't had any and so you're seeing like he's getting to taste and feel and smell and all of these things that he hasn't experienced in almost two decades that this has just got to be the most incredible thing for him and then it ends with making dirt angels with jill (laughs) start and then yeah, Jill throws this whole just like, you want to do it? <laughs> Which I thought it was really funny. At first I was laughing. I was like, ha, Ben's just like a little kid in this moment. And then as I was saying that and like typing it out on my notes, I realized like, what's well, kind of because he is. He died at 14. We did that math. You kind of brought that up last week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he stopped experiencing life when he was a kid. So he's only been just standing by and watching Klaus grow up. But he hasn't had any of these human and adult experiences which is really interesting it is interesting it's hard to remember that because when you see the actor playing him he doesn't look 14 yeah you know so and i think we might have mentioned that a little bit too when we kind of did the math and thought oh he must have been like 14 when he died uh has he like is he able to kind of age himself a little bit to kind of keep up with where everyone else is you know as far as their current ages because he doesn't i Five definitely looks like, I mean, is he, thir- does it look 13? Not quite, We're close but he, he's def- he is um, a child. I think he is a le- like, um, gosh, you know what? I don't even know how old he is now. I know that he's under 18. Um, yeah, I'm 16 or 17, I think is. Yeah. I'm pretty positive. I did hear that he is still a teenager despite yeah. them filming season one and then the, the, you know, getting going before they went into season two that he is still underage. But either way, he definitely looks like a teenager and at least looks younger. The actor playing um, Ben does not. Uh, so it, it's kind of hard to remember that. Like, oh yeah, he was, like you said, 14 when he died. So much he didn't get to experience. And um, poor guy would get to have his first time with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has happened. no idea what he's doing. And he's, <laughs> I'm a no. virgin. And she's like, but what about 
last week with me, you, and Kichi in the sex swing. <laughs> like, We're learning so many things because uh, I didn't know uh, that Klaus was into girls too. I think that was mentioned in the first season somewhere that he was it. Did he kind of? Yeah, okay. I think so. If I remember correctly, it, it's it's been a while. I honestly yeah. haven't seen it since we uh, since we covered it. Uh, before so i'm glad that you have a little bit more of a, a fresher memory on yeah. it than i do um it, it, that's a good possibility i guess maybe i just don't remember that um i, I you know but i it's totally fine with me not that it makes any difference but it was just like yeah. oh so he kind of he's kind of okay with girls too yeah uh, that's good to know <laughs> You're like there's a chance <laughs> there's a chance <laughs> there's a chance i yeah that was a hopeful moment for me being silly about it. But yeah, it was, it was really just a sweet, pure kind of moment uh, or moments, I should say, as, as Ben's walking across the grounds there of that mansion. And he, um, what was that? A grapefruit that he took off the tree? I think uh, so. That's what it looks like. like. Grapefruit. Kind of, I, I love grapefruit, but he bites right into it and he's like, Ooh, that must be a little sour, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, you know, just being able to Yeah, but just being able to experience things again and doing something so pure and innocent, like just digging your toes in the dirt, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And then, yeah, his moment with Jill probably went a little bit in a a different direction than what he'd intended when she's talking about, let's just have sex. And (laughs) and, I mean, also, then I also kind of felt bad for him because she doesn't know that's Ben. She doesn't even know who Ben is. Yeah. You know, she thinks that, that it's Klaus or profit and mm-hmm. you know and and clearly they have a history and they've they've already experienced each other and and done things with each other and it kind of breaks my heart because it seems like she's got a thing for klaus but ben has a thing for her yeah and it, it just feel bad for that whole situation and like the small details ben has got the actual like romantic like like again because be i guess in some ways he has been stunted and stay back to the age he was when he died because he has like a schoolboy crush that's what it is yeah it's this adorable crush like a 14 year old would have or you know where he's you know talking about oh i just love how everybody comes to you for advice and you give it so freely and i love the way that you you tug on your earlobe when you you read your books and then you know oh, can i smell your hair <laughs> just yeah I can smell your hair you know? that was just so innocent you know mm. and she's like oh, let's just let's do it because <laughs> <laughs> that's not quite where he was going like he just wanted uh, to talk to her and spend time with her and and he wasn't quite ready for that yeah. poor guy <laughs> didn't happen anyway but you know still diego came to to break it up yep <laughs> yeah hey, oh yeah. <laughs> oh i have so many problems with that which I won't go into. It's fine. Whatever you like to be called or whatever you like to call other people, it's fine. I just, it's a cringe moment for me though. Every time I hear that, I'm just like, I don't like that at all. It's a little strange. It's a little strange. I just, you know what? Look, I'm open and I feel I'm a little GGG and I, I different strokes for different folks, whatever, gets whatever does it for you good i'm happy for you doesn't mean it's gonna do it for me and calling someone daddy like that does not do it for me but if it does it for you yahtzee um but it was quite funny as diego comes up and 
you know, <laughs> just funny, very funny moment. Again, another funny moment. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because I want to see is 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 that going to happen again? I wonder. Is that going to um, somehow expand Klaus's powers? Is it going to make Ben? I mean, we. Uh, is is it going to help Ben become more powerful or something? Because I feel like their powers are still evolving. I still feel like we yeah. have not yet seen the the them at their full power. We I think we got a little taste of it in the first episode when when uh, Ben or sorry Five jumps in and he's sees his siblings like fighting this war and here comes the apocalypse and they're they're badass and we're like whoa what's going on? Look he's doing this and she's doing that. We've never seen that before. So I think that we haven't quite seen their um like what they can really do. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if this is how we're kind of getting a taste of that and how that's going to kind of evolve a little bit, but I'm kind of, you know, curious to see if, if this helps Klaus become a little bit more powerful or, or see some addition to his, you know, his abilities yeah. um, and maybe also Ben too. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it last week. Cause like, does that ability with Ben, is that only because of his connection with Klaus or since he's done it now, like, can they find some way to give Ben a body of his own that he can just be a part of things again? Find some Porsche <laughs> slip off the street and say, here, that's this guy and then live life, you know? <laughs> it's funny. Well, that was actually uh, my, my number three as well. Awesome. So I, I thought that was just a really great moment and, and not only just sweet to kind of see it play out, but also what does that mean for the future for them? You know, yeah. as far as Ben and Klaus and their, you know, powers and their abilities, so that was really great. I think we talked that out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your number two? My number two was the cold open, which we've already talked about completely. So I'm good there on that one. Your number two. <laughs> well, my number two. We're just gonna roll right along tonight. Uh, well, my number two is pretty short and sweet, but it's so we we touched on it a little bit when Diego. Um, walked in or not walked in, but walked up to who he thought was Klaus, but was really Ben and kind of interrupts that whole moment. And we, he learns that it's not Klaus, that it is Ben. And I loved that moment between them so much when Ben proved that it was him by Diego asking him that question about when they were kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and what he said, to program Allison's Teddy Ruxpin, (laughs) which totally took me back. I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about Teddy Ruxpin (laughs) in decades. I thought, oh my gosh. They brought it back, didn't they? I think they've they've brought it back recently. I thought they kind of brought back a version of it. I think it was supposed to be like an updated kind of new-ish version. But yeah, I... I don't know. That thing kind of creeped me out just a little bit. It was a little (laughs) too real. Um... So I, it's like I had this weird fascination where I kind of wanted one, but I was also kind of scared to have one at the same time. <laughs> but anyway, so he he can you know is able to prove and confirm that it's really him. And when Diego realizes that, he grabs him and hugs him so tight. And oh, yeah. I beautiful. Help. It was a great yeah, reunion. <laughs> gosh, it was such a beautiful moment that Ben finally gets acknowledged because Klaus keeps like, no, Ben's not here, and 
he's stupid and you know they they keep clashing all the time and stuff and poor ben you know just can't catch a break and so for him to finally get this recognition because we saw it in in one of the earlier episodes when ben's like i really miss you guys you know as they the siblings all finally reunite and they're all you know sitting together in that circle and and so it was really nice that he he got acknowledgement from someone other than than klaus you know because um he keeps just discounting him. No, he's not here. No, he's not here. Um, so, and then it makes me wonder like what their relationship was like before Ben died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it makes me, of course, we still don't know how Ben died. What happened to Ben? How did he die? Diego in season one, I felt had so much contempt for all the other siblings. Like I think he showed Klaus a little bit of love, but not yeah, too if bad. I remember correctly from, and it's, it's been a little bit now, it's kind of as distance, you know, bills between me and watching season one, when they would show, you know, the clips and stuff of them as kids in the Academy. I do think that like kind of that group of the boys did have some moments together. I think like Diego, Klaus and Ben kind of were a little, you know, group, a little click with each other mm. from time to time. If I remember correctly, I could be way off base, but I'm just Thinking back to it, I think I remember seeing some moments of them kind of spending time together. Well, I mean, clearly they had quite a relationship. Um, and of course, Ben's life cut too short as he was killed at 14. But um, again, wondering the contempt that, that Diego had for his siblings, I wonder if it had, you know, the the reason he had some discord with some of his siblings had something to do with what happened to Ben. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's something that we haven't learned yet. We still know we... nothing about Ben and know what happened nothing. to him. And it drives me a little bit crazy. Like, I'm like, maybe they're going to get there with us eventually. But part of me is mean... like, they have given us no sign that they're going to even hint anything. And it's starting to drive me a little crazy because I want to know, know so bad. Because I like love this... Ben as a character and I want to know what happened to him. I know. It's like this whole unanswered, you know, question that we have out there and mystery that, you know, we don't understand what happened to him. I still don't fully understand what the hell his power is. It's like release the Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> That's Ben's power. And I, I, you know, I don't quite, I mean, I, I see it. I just don't know that I fully understand. He just has this ability to like open up some type of monster or something inside of him. That's like super powerful and can take people out. We don't really get to like see it except for like in ghost form when we saw it in the first episode of the season. So just a lot of mystery surrounding that. And I, I always wondered just because you see how close they were or they are in this moment and how much Diego really seems to miss him. And is really happy to have him in that moment. And of course, it's cut short because, hey, they're on a deadline. Gotta go. Um, so they, it was a very short-lived kind of reunion. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm like, I would just wonder if something, you know, that whatever it was that happened to Ben, Diego blames the other siblings for it or something. Maybe. And that's maybe where some of that, you know, um, and it could could just be something else. Could be that they all just kind of grew apart or maybe how they were raised. I mean, Lord knows Reginald Hargreaves <laughs> was a crap dad and the way that he raised them to, I feel was almost raised them to be kind of self-destructive a oh, little yeah. bit. He screwed them up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it could just be that too, but I don't know. Um, I guess we'll just keep watching yeah. and hopefully get a little clarity into, into that. So yeah. anyway, we, we see with their conversation though, that Diego, I think he does have some love for Ben that he holds him in, 
in some kind of high esteem because before he leaves, you know, it's like meet me back at the alley or whatever. And Ben makes some kind of reference about, you know, old Klaus, you know, he might want to take back over. And he goes, you stay in this body. We need someone responsible behind the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't know that he would have made it had had Ben not the one or been the one, you know, driving. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's your number one? My number one kind of goes into that exactly. And that is what I refer to as the ticking clock. Mm, which you um, hear quite often. Oh, yeah. I love how they threw that in there. It, that it keeps so cool. Good. Yeah. Because uh, the handler kind of throws this wrench in the works a little bit. After Five gets back from his mission, he's done what he's supposed to do. And she hands him the briefcase and says, all right, you got 90 minutes to get everybody out of here. And drops this time limit on him. And I was just like, of course she was leaving something out. That's what she does. But so then the whole like theme of the episode becomes this race against the clock to get everybody together back to the alleyway in 90 minutes so that they can go back to 2019. And it drives a lot of the tension and a lot of the drama in this episode. You know, we get Diego kind of getting put down by five, even though five was right about Lila, you know, saying, you know, she's just using you. She doesn't really care for you. She works for the commission and it's all just to get to me, which was true. But also I do believe, I mean, Lila, we see really does also care for Diego, which causes her to bring him back to the commission and out of this way of him getting to the alleyway. Poison him or knock him out or drug him. <laughs> yeah. I knew she was going to do something like that because her sip looked really off to me. And I was like, either that was a terrible acting job of drinking something or something's up. Yep. And so, and it was, she drugged him to get rid of him, but, uh, or take him back to the commission. And then we get Luther and Allison's conversation was really heavy and brought up just like a whole thing with me where I was like, well, Allison truly has like built a new life with new family here. And it's not where she belongs, but if it's a life, then, you know, that she's put roots down, then, you know, can't she truly belong anywhere that she's put down those roots? But should she stay with her siblings? It was this whole like conundrum where I was like, I don't think there's a correct answer to that question. It's just, <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one. And it's really emotional for her. And Ray took it better than I thought he would. Yeah, he did. He, he was, kind of took all of it pretty well. Like once he finally realized yeah. who she was and, and what she could do, he's kind of like, okay, cool. This yeah. is what we're doing now. <laughs> you know, She has a line with her that just hit me. I was just like, okay, thanks Ray. Now I'm crying. Great. Where, you know, she says, you know, I can rumor you so, you know, to get rid of some of the pain if I have to leave you. And he says, I would take my year with you over a lifetime with anybody else. Oh, I was like, okay, now there's tears. Way to go. <laughs> you know? I know. We're laughing. We're <laughs> jumping out of our seat. Then we're crying. I know. That was such a good line. Yeah. And then we have kind of a dramatic moment between Vanya and Five because of all of this. Where Vanya hits him with a pretty heavy line, says, well, you know, why do you get to decide? You're the reason we're stuck here in the first place. I was like, ow. Which he fires yeah. back. He's like, well, if I wouldn't have done something, if I wouldn't have acted, then we all would have died in 2019 because of you. And there's just this back and forth there. And you can see Vanya is dead set on she's going to get Sissy and Harlan. And they square off with their powers at each other for a second. But I think even though it looks like Vanya backs down, I think five was kind of glad that she did because he knows he is outmatched by her. And I think he's a little scared of her. (laughs) 
Yeah, there, there's a whole thing I saw on Reddit on people kind of like doing this comparison of which sibling could like outpower and or maybe outmaneuver the other. And it's really interesting. And I've tried to follow it, but I'm like, oh, boy, that's too much for my head. Yeah, um, it's pretty interesting. People were definitely comparing could what like what would happen if Vanya and Diego or Diego, I'm, I'm looking at the word Diego um, yeah. and five went at it. Like they, yeah. they almost did who would come out on top. And, um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I feel like Vanya might have the upper hand, but I don't know. We've seen like in the cold open what five is capable of. So, I mean, I yeah. feel like if, if five wanted her dead, she would be dead. Yeah. But I think that Vanya is very powerful and clearly very powerful. She split at the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. It's hard but, to compete with that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, to see Five be like, you know, I know what you can do, and I'm still not backing down. Mm-hmm. That says something. It does, yeah. And, uh, so. yeah, and then, yeah, Allison, as she's getting ready to leave, the Swedes come in, and I was real frustrated for that second, but then it turned into a really cool scene where with Allison and Ray fighting them back and, her rumoring one of them to kill the other. And it got real intense there. And yeah, it was just very intense. Even with Backstreet Boys playing behind most of it, it still kept the intensity. Didn't help lighten the mood at all. No, But yeah. And like you mentioned, there's that, that ticking clock sound that like, it starts kind of slow where like, you know, after each of their interactions, then we would hear it for a little bit. But, but once it got really down to the wire, like it was just constantly going while things are happening. You're hearing this ticking clock going down that, you know, raises that urgency and everything. And you were like, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. And and they didn't. But, you know, I kind of marked down where all they were. Like Luther and Five show up at the spot. And then Klaus shows up while he's trying to unpossess himself with Ben. And then, yeah, Diego is, you know, at the commission where Lila's taken him. And Allison is stopped because she has to fight the Swedes off. So she doesn't make it in time. Vanya gets stopped by the police with Sissy and Harlan. And so nobody makes it to the alley other than Luther five and Klaus and Ben. And then five makes the choice in the alleyway instead of like just leaving with the small group that he had, he tosses the briefcase aside and lets it, you know, disappear teleport itself and he chooses his family over the safety of those that were there. He chooses everybody, which his growth and caring for his family above all else has actually been really incredible to see. I've hinted at it a couple times where I'm seeing that softer side of him. Yeah. But now you're really seeing like he is a leader and he loves his siblings, even though they drive him absolutely crazy. <laughs> you well, really see so his devotion. Time. Yeah. <laughs> He spent so much time without him. What was it? 45 years alone in the freaking apocalypse. Um, So yeah, you can definitely see why he would value his family. I mean, at the end of the day, as much as what they butt heads and get on each other's nerves and push each other's buttons and frustrate the hell out of each other, they're still a family. It's what they have and it's who they know. And it is endearing to see five fight so hard to try and keep them together and keep them alive and 
you know, he's right. If, if it wasn't for him, they would have all been dead because of Vanya when, um, you know, at the end of season one and everything that he's doing for them now is try to keep them together. And I I think he's right. I, I don't know. I could be proven wrong, but I think he's right that if he had just left with the siblings he had and left the others and, um, that it, it wouldn't have made a difference. It still would have messed up the timeline. There would have still been something that affected it, um, in a, you know, a bad way. Yeah. And so I think, I think that he was right. And you were so right about the intensity that, you know, there's, it's, it, the show always is, you know, has its dramatic moments and there's always, you know, some things to kind of keep it really compelling and want you to keep watching and stuff. But man, this whole episode, all I could, for frig's sake, can anyone please follow a simple damn direction right. and be at a certain place when five tells you to? That's mm-hmm. all I, I kept doing this whole time was screaming at the TV. So frustrated with these siblings, these guys and girls that had to go tell someone goodbye or they got to do just one more thing before they leave. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was so frustrated and so mad and, and it was so intense I mean, what the heck is wrong with everyone? Can we please use some logic and common sense? You know, and Allison, you know, I, I believe she true. I mean, I know she kind of delayed things a little bit, but she was, I think, on her way. Yeah. And she was sidetracked by the Swedes. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I get that. I don't know. I think either she was just going to tell Ray goodbye or he would somehow be convinced to go with her, but I, I feel like she would have been on her way. And then, yeah, yeah that, that happened. Um, and then Ben, you know, Ben didn't exactly, I, I'm, I don't really know that I understand what he did when he told Diego, he's like, Oh, but just, you know, wait, I got to do one more thing. And then he goes off into the house and then, the next thing we know they're, you know, he's leaving and telling Kichi goodbye. And I thought he had to go say goodbye to Jill. I don't know. We didn't see what it was that he did. And so I don't understand why he couldn't just go with Diego. Cause I don't, I know he did say that the, he was like, what about destiny's children? Like they should at least be, you know, left in a better place than Klaus just vanishing on them. So maybe that's all it was, was him going back in there and just saying, I'm leaving. And he kind of threw it out there at Kichi. He's like, I'm going on a, uh, a walkabout. I'll be back in a few years or something. <laughs> Maybe that was and, it, but it was just very strange how it kind yeah. of played out. Cause it wasn't like he was looking for him and like he was leaving on his way out the door and Kichi stops him and to be like, yeah. Hey, what should I tell everyone yeah. or any last yeah. words? So it was just like, well, what, what did you have to leave so quickly <laughs> for? Or what did you have to, you know, um, why'd you have to delay that? Uh, seemed like you could have just went on with Diego and grabbed someone and said, tell them this and then leave. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, who knows what Klaus would have done on his own. Oh, if, <laughs> if <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if we know he can be a little flaky. So would he have showed up or something? I don't know. Um, and then Diego, he has to go bury poor Elliot. I mean, I liked Elliot, but he's dead. Leave mm-hmm. him be. And, and then because he didn't go, he immediately gets caught by Lila, which like you mentioned, why did you drink from the flask, man? Why did you drink from the flask? (laughs) It was obviously a (laughs) dumb move, Diego. We'll give Diego in his defense. Brain was in his pants is what I'm thinking. 
And then in his defense for even just like burying Ellie, I guess not necessarily his defense, but it's it is in his character because that's been his fatal flaw is he's not just Mr. Hero, but he's he's got this sense of duty. Yeah. And and I don't I I can totally believe that in his character, he couldn't just leave Elliot in that state like he had to do something because that was his even though the, the guy probably annoyed the hell out of him. That was his friend. Yeah. And I get, I totally see that and respect that. Diego's definitely honorable, but um, just very bad timing. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get on with it here. And then because he made that decision, he then gets caught by Lila and also does not show up. And then Vanya, don't get me started on her. Uh-huh. Uh, I just was so angry at her for being so freaking selfish. Yeah. And I'm trying really hard to see both sides to this. I mean, Sissy and Harlan are the only family that she knows. Granted, only for a month, I believe, yeah. uh, was how long that she had been there and got hit by the car and then has amnesia. But they are all she knows. She has no memories of her siblings, whom she's only known for, what, maybe five days uh, so I, I get her ties to Sissy and Harlan are a little stronger, but it was so damn frustrating to, you know, to see her decision making and that she was so adamant about her decision and about mm-hmm. what she had to do and couldn't take five at his word, you know, what he was trying to tell her and how important that it was. And how he's like, you know, she's like, what does it matter, mother and their and and her eight year old son? You know, they're insignificant. And he's like, no one is insignificant. And I love that line from you because it's true. Even even someone who's just, you know, an everyday person, you don't have to be, you know, in a certain profession or a certain person to make an impact on the timeline and to make a wave where there shouldn't be a wave. You know, he knows that um, very well from his time as like an assassin for the commission where that was his job was taking out seemingly insignificant people (laughs) yeah correcting the timeline because of of you know these you know things that happened you're right um that was his job was to kind of keep things in line and so he knows exactly the things that can go wrong and that's exactly why everybody needed to freaking listen to him yeah (laughs) and why i was so damn mad and you know mad at their decisions and their choices and even the ones that know five and and should be like oh shit five said this then we need to we need to do that and we need to be there and we need to do what we can to get the rest of our siblings there no matter what they say and i get that Vanya is very powerful and she didn't want to go. And she was like ready to, you know, lay down with five and, you know, demonstrate her powers to get her way, which really irritated me. Um, and I really loved five in that moment when he's like, you know, you're probably going to kill me, but I'm not backing down. I'm not yeah. going to just, just bend. Um, and I'm glad it didn't come to that though, even though um, it looked like it was going to, but of course, now Vanya goes back, um, tries to get, you know, Sissy and Harlan out. And then of course, because she does that, that delays them even more. And then because Sissy has to go and leave a damn note for Carl. Now look where they're at. Mm-hmm. So, so frustrating. And then she's so damn powerful and then gets taken out by some dumbass with a damn shotgun to the side <laughs> of the head. Of course. That's irritating. That's irritating. Because she is, like you mentioned, she's being very selfish right now. She's driven by, 
like like a very one track mind and she's not paying attention to what really matters or she's not mm-hmm. she's not thinking straight. Yeah. So that that was also my number one was I'm going to talk about it. Talk about <laughs> you know, how, how irritating that was and how intense it was and how I just kept screaming. I were like, would you just freaking go? What the hell's wrong with you? I don't typically do that with this show so much. I, I've done in other shows. I, I yelled at TV plenty of times. <laughs> if anyone from the outside saw me, would think I was crazy, but I haven't done it with this show so much, but this, this episode definitely had me doing that. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about your number one? Uh, no, I think I pretty much covered everything. Cool. Well, it'd be interesting. I mean, now that the suitcase is destroyed, uh, we have siblings, not only that didn't show up to the site, but now are missing. Diego is with Lila, um, and the handler. So he's kind of been kidnapped. Uh, Vanya has been, uh, you know, whacked in the head. So what's going to happen there with her. Mm -hmm. And now Sissy has saw her powers what the hell is she thinking about right. what she just saw? She's just what a, have I gotten myself into <laughs> simple girl living in the South and in Texas. And all of a sudden she sees, you know, this demonstration of and small demonstration at that of what Bonnie can do yeah. and probably wondering what the hell is this all about? So, um, can't wait to see, see the next episode and kind of see how, you know, what happens next and what they're going to do, uh, to kind of figure out, how to survive, I guess, or how to stop the apocalypse in 1963. Mm-hmm. Back, to square, to, the one, really. Back yeah. to square one and, and with fewer days than what they had. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. Any notes? Um, let's see. Oh, one other thing, which I guess kind of ties into what I could have said, you know, on that is just a little kind of throwaway. Uh, the handler closes down the briefcase room as part of her speech. Yep. And I was wondering, I was like, is that just so they wouldn't see the one that five had was missing or was it like part of some other plan where maybe that's where like the siblings were supposed to come back to so she could blame them and frame them for what happened to the board members and take care of them also, which I was like, it's probably just the first that they, she didn't want them to see the one that she gave to him, but I have trust issues with her. So I also <laughs> assume the well worst sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I also wonder if it's just to prevent the rest of the the staff and the commission to be jumping somewhere to get help or something. Yeah. To get help or maybe to go find (laughs) what happened to the board, maybe. Mm -hmm. Find out themselves. Go back to that time frame and try to stop it. Because, I mean, if somebody else knew when that meeting was supposed to be. Because that's very under wrap. Right. Very much a hidden secret. But, yeah. Um, if they would use it to try and figure out what's going on or to get help or, you know, something like that. She shut that down. Mm. Not suspicious at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's about all the notes I had other than my music section that I didn't get to whenever. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a whole lot of notes either. I think we touched on a lot of my notes. Um, I, cause um, I just have like where Ben and Jill uh, we're playing in the dirt was a super sweet moment and just innocent um, for that moment till it got dirty uh, talking about sex swings and such. I thought, <laughs> Oh boy, we're going there. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Klaus, you know, finding, or I guess maybe rediscovering if it was mentioned in season one, clearly I have time has passed and I've forgotten that, that he also kind of digs women too. So, mm-hmm. Hey, little, little glimmer of hope. Um, and then, 
What was Diego said when Lila drugs him? Oh, balls. Oh, balls. <laughs> Just, what the hell? He wasn't that even was surprised like, it happened. I think he caught himself going, yep, yeah, I was like, I was dumb. I was gullible. That was mm. dumb. Dumb decision. Dumb decision. Yeah, not not good on you, Klaus. Or, <laughs> Diego. <laughs> I know their names, I swear. Um, <laughs> too much to drink tonight. Okay, well, that's all the notes that I have, so let's hear about cool. the music in this episode. All right, thanks to TuneFind. I love it. It makes this easy and fun. Yes. Um, I've got, let's see, Petra Beckfelberger with Fificus Polka, which was the cold open when Five enters the lodge. Oh, my. That's I didn't music know there was actual, like... Yeah, first here, just that, like, polka music. I've got it on here. Um, and then... I want to know who's their playlist. Right. <laughs> if, you, if you like polka music, then I guess that's polka. a pretty, pretty good one right there. I don't yep. know. <laughs> Tony Joe White's Polk Salad Annie is playing while Five is massacring the vending machine and then the board members. Uh, nice. <laughs> Zoe Muth or Zoe Muth, something like that. Um, Give Me a Reason to Stay is the name of the song, which is very fitting. Because it plays very briefly on the radio during the awkward scene at the table with Sissy, Vanya, and Carl. She turns it on and then he gets up and turns it right back off. But we got like a few lines of the song. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of very fitting about this, you know, give me a reason to stay with you. Our love is, you know, going through some problems, whatever. I don't have the exact lyrics, but that was the gist of it. Very fitting. And I was like, hmm, they're good with that, with a lot of these song choices. Yeah, they are. They're on point a lot. And then we have uh, Bayo's Sister of Pearl when Ben is inhabiting Klaus's body. And I love that song. Like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I knew that one immediately. And I was just like, as soon as it started, I was like, oh, here we go. I'm oh, grooving cool. now. Singing along, grooving. It's going. And then the last one, while Allison and Ray are fighting the Swedes and everybody is rushing and trying to get back to the alley on time, we get the Backstreet Boys. Everybody. <laughs> Backstreet's back. Oh man, I was also jamming hard. I will not even apologize for the fact that I love that song. I look it's something about know, that like like synth bass line that dun, 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 dun. I I love that so much. <laughs> you know what? I stopped apologizing for my musical taste a long time ago, and I feel that uh no one should have to apologize for whatever they're into as far as music. Uh you like what you like and even if someone else doesn't like it it's it's your jam it's your groove it's what oh, does yeah. it for you hey, I'm down ben was that. a big fan of it too when he was a kid so you know i got me and ben got that in common because that's Absolutely. why that song starts is because when kiji's asking for one more bit of wisdom he's like i know oh my god we're back again <laughs> And I'm too old for the Backstreet Boys. I mean, I clearly knew who they were because I had a daughter who was, she wasn't really a fan, but she um, grew up around that time. So hearing some of the music that she was kind of listening to a little bit, like she was kind of more into Britney in the day more than like Backstreet Boys. But I Uh just, you know, I knew who they were. I'm not a dum-dum. I do pay attention to pop culture and who's, and who could, how could you not really know? Even if you didn't listen to their music, you knew who the Backstreet Boys were, you know, back in the day. So you didn't have to listen to their music to know who they were. So I wasn't, and I knew that that was their song, but not really familiar with a lot of their music. Um, Hey, even, I mean, it's a little, it's kind of the same time frame, a little after Backstreet Boys, a little later, but 
Same, same. It's connected because Aaron Carter. I listened to some. I I actually met him and saw him last year or two years ago. Oh, that's awesome. For a little bit. I know he's had some rough times here and there, but he's had a little bit, little bit of conversation and stuff we had that one night when I met him. He was super cool. But that's I know good he's been to know. <laughs> he's going through something. He's going yeah. through something. Um, as we all do, but he's mm-hmm. going a different way with it, I think. Um, that's awesome. Thank, thanks for the, the musical knowledge because oh, yeah. it's good to, to kind of hear who some, if, if you don't know, like popular Backstreet Boys, you know, many people are probably going to know that song, but some of the lesser known songs or something that might be new to someone, mm-hmm. uh, but it really strikes a chord and, and they want to know who it is and it's not easily found sometimes. So it's always nice to kind of get that information. In case you want to add that to your playlist, because there's a lot of good music in this show, and it's oh, yeah. it's nice to be introduced to some new stuff. I I welcome that. I need to get, be drawn out of my same stuff that I listen to quite frequently, so it's good for me. Um, okay. Well, that um, if there's no other notes and no other um, music input, then that takes us into one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and that is our listener feedback portion. Yay. So. Yay, I know. I love love our listeners. They're so damn good to us. Um, first one we have is from our good friend, Laura Willie-Swink. And she says, you have some blood on you. A lot of blood, actually. Five, what did you do? <laughs> damn, do I sound too twisted if I say that was the best fucking cold open ever? Man, I know Five is assassinating the board for his family, but for someone who says he's done with all the killing, his eyes were filled just a bit too much gleeful mischief during that boardroom melee to take him seriously. Also, how did he successfully jump two decades into the future at the right time and place after continually telling his family time travel skills are shaky at best? Anyhow, I'll give that a pass because this episode was fantastically brilliant. My favorite so far. I don't know where the producers of the show uncovered this amazing little dynamo named Aiden Gallagher, but it blows my mind that he's only a wee 16 years of age. He is crazy talented, and as much as I love me some Klaus, Five is starting to become my favorite Hargreaves. (laughs) Then we have the continuing hijinks of the Klaus and Ben show. I adored that so much. I love that Ben, after 19 years in the afterworld, was able to touch and feel and fall in love in Klaus's body. It was enchanting and hilarious, as was their fight to dominate Klaus's body. The scene with Allison Ray and the Swedes was intense. I did feel a little bad for the eldest Swede as he murdered his own brother, though, with that look of horror and sadness on his face. Damn, Allison, that was hardcore. You could have just rumored them both to take a walk to, like, Florida and just wanted to give a shout-out to Yusuf Gatewood, who is doing such a great job as Ray. I'm hoping that character will be able to stick around. Rima and Paik, you were wondering why Klaus was being so salty with Ben and not acknowledging his presence. In my opinion, I just saw this as petty sibling rivalry. Ben always has been held in such high regard, even having a statue built at his gravesite, and Klaus has always been seen as the fuck-up. Ben has been Klaus's Jiminy Cricket to Klaus's naughty Pinocchio for at least three years now, and I think Klaus is just a bit over it all, so he's using the one advantage over him that he has, and that's his ability to communicate for Ben with the living. I feel felt Klaus made up for it on this episode, though, by lending Ben his body long enough to roll in the dirt with Jill. That's a good thought. Yeah. Really good thoughts. Lots of good. Lara always provides some really interesting insight and always an interesting perspective and always makes me kind of see things in a different way. And I love that she was, um, that she, 
Laura, for anyone, if I haven't said it enough, has always been my dark and twisty sister. And mm-hmm. I say this quite often because her and I always see that dark humor in things. And the fact that she loved this cold open as much as I did just <laughs> speaks speaks to that. Um, yes, Laura, I agree with you. It was fantastically brilliant. Um a little dark and twisty, but I, I, okay. I love it. It's okay. Uh, and I agree. Aiden Gallagher is just absolutely amazing. Uh, really great acting and being able to portray someone who's supposed to be so much older than, than who he really is, is really great. And um, I, I agree with everything that you say. And I think that you have a point there as far as like the, um, you know, rivalry between Ben and Klaus. I think that makes perfect sense. So I'll quit picking on that one. Thanks, Laura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Oh, God. You've said it because you had it helped you. Danielle Samino? Yes. All right. Got it. Got you, Danielle. I'm here. I'm here for you. <laughs> Danielle Savino says, I found her. Olga Faroga. She sounds old. <laughs> Diego and Luther are such meatheads. <laughs> as much as I hate to see the board get assassinated, the scenes with five killing a bunch of people are always good. Of course, that waitress had a fanny pack. Definitely rocked a fanny pack in the 80s and 90s. Since Five is a 60-year-old man in a teenager's body, it's even more hilarious when people treat him like a child. <laughs> you looking for your mom? And why is that woman more worried about the broken vending machine than the dead bodies? <laughs> <laughs> yep. ben, ex- yeah. ben explaining powerlessness is really eye-opening. His struggles haven't really crossed my mind before. He's still a conscious being who has thoughts and feelings. Poor Ben. I'm glad Klaus is giving him a chance at being alive again, even though the possession is pretty weird. Seeing Clint... Thanks, Danielle. <laughs> Do things like eat that orange and roll in the dirt tugged at my heartstrings. He was like a little kid again. His interaction with Jill was just so sweet and pure. Until she tries to jump on him and do the extended whatever unification in a sex swing. I hate that she doesn't know it's Ben, but I guess that wouldn't be easy for him to explain. He was so happy to hug Diego. Oh, hang on. Yeah, he was so happy to hug Diego and be acknowledged. Klaus and Ben fighting over Klaus's body with some great acting by Robert Sheehan. Can't express enough how much I love him. Yeah. Do you guys like do you guys think the handler made Lila head of security because she thought she'd be good at it or just to keep her from getting mad and rebelling? I'm not sure. She's so sneaky, it's never easy to tell. Not sure if Diego is more surprised that the handler was Lila's mother or that she called him her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're back again. <laughs> Brother sisters, everybody sing great words of wisdom. Been cut to the Swedes versus Allison and Ray. Ray definitely held his own against professional assassins, even though he got his ass kicked. I will root for the bad guys a little in this episode. I did hate that the sweet killed his brother. Someone finally stood up to five being a jerk, even though he was right. Way to hold your ground, Vanya. But I do wish she would have went with him. I'm so disappointed in Sissy. She just had to leave a note, didn't she? But Vanya was ready to do whatever it took to protect her and Harlan, which was sweet. The season is so great. Love the banter between the siblings, and I feel like we've gotten a better look at their family dynamic and how some of them actually acted like siblings, like messing with Allison's Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> yeah, that was really great. Uh-huh. Yeah, really great insight there, Danielle. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. So we do have a couple of calls. Let's see. The first one that we have is from our good friend Daphne. Hi, Rima. Hi, Pick. This is Daphne calling in with feedback on episode seven. Wow. Five versus the vending machine. (laughs) Hilarious. The fact that he goes out and takes out the commission and those two girls come out, see him covered in blood. 
turn around and go back in the room was hilarious. <laughs> I loved when he took out the fish head. At least that's what I'm calling it is the fish head. And how the handler put the fish head in a fish bowl at the end. I have a love-hate relationship with her. But one thing I do know is that I don't trust her and neither should Five. She's so assertive and I love that, but I still don't trust her. She's just causing so much havoc and I'm just not sure how things are going to be in her world. So I guess we'll see soon enough. Klaus and Ben are continuing to be perfection. I love that they set some ground rules and that Ben was able to spend some time with Jill it was so touching, though, when Diego reconnected with him. That just made my heart just feel all the feels for that. Luther and Diego playing around with a phone book, looking up Erga for Erga, or an eye for an eye, was just crazy. And Clay terrified me with his hoof and mouth disease story that he was telling Vanya. But the whole time I'm thinking, dude, she can take you out in a second and you don't even realize it. I totally loved that we're now down to one Swede. And can we please talk about the amazing fighting montage to everybody by the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> oh, my God. One of my favorite moments of the whole season. It was amazing. As usual, we realize that the siblings cannot tell time to save their lives or the universe. So I guess we'll see what happens next can't believe that there's only a couple episodes left and looking forward to hearing what you think thanks guys thank you thank you daphne <laughs> so good yeah so good amazing as always she never lets you uh lets you down um mm -hmm. yeah that that montage was really great i'm still kind of partial to the fight scene at uh oh what was it uh the not like mexican embassy or just the consulate with yeah. the kiss song yes yeah <laughs> i'm a little more partial to that one probably because i'm a big kiss fan but um i i thought this was a pretty good music choice as well and oh, yeah. all right next one that we have is from our good friend steve brown Hey, Pick and Rima, this is Steve. This is for the Umbrella Academy, episode seven. Uga for Uga Uga for Eye for an Eye. What was it? Yeah, Eye for an Eye. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, that opening scene with five oof, vicious, uh, crazy, uh, just a crazy killing scene montage with the blues going underneath it was great. Can't wait for uh, Pig to tell us about that song and um you know they did a great thing it was really kind of a cool with the camera the way when ben was possessing klaus the way it would it would switch back and forth between sometimes it would look like he would see ben sometimes we would see klaus uh was really really good and uh just a touching scene there between him and diego and diego realizes that it's ben possessing klaus and they have that moment together and uh, just really good there's a lot of good stuff in this in this episode the handler taking over the commission and uh, you know the, the the short guy saying she was just demoted <laughs> was was great the humor in this episode was good and uh you know but also the action and the drama it's really this i can't believe how much better 
this second season is than the first season. I mean, it's just hands down. There's so many things that I'm finding even more amazing than the first season. I can't wait to to talk about it with Mark and uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Uh, all right. Talk to you later. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, I talked to Steve. It was probably right after we recorded um, season six last week, and I hadn't yet watched uh, episode seven. And he didn't spoil me or anything like that. Steve's really great. He he won't spoil anything, but he's like, I can't wait for you to see episode seven. That cold opens like one of the best cold opens I've ever seen. <laughs> And I was like, okay. I was like, don't tell me nothing else. I was like, okay, I can't wait. And he he was right. It was really it's kind great. of funny because it's the same thing on on the other side with the other voicemail I got with Daphne. Is because mm-hmm. you know, I record my podcast, my other podcast with her. And so like this whole week she's been doing that same thing. She's like, I can't wait till you watch this episode. And she kept referring, I mean, she wouldn't tell me what it was, but I know she's referring to that Backstreet Boys moment because she knows my love for that song too. So then she was just like, there's gonna be a song. And like a sequence that goes with it and you were just going to lose it. And she's like, that's all I'm going to tell you. I just can't wait to know. Like once you get to that, I know that's, that's what she's referring to. So I've been looking forward. I was like waiting all episode. Like, where is it? Cause I know and I heard that Bayo song and I was like, yeah, no, I don't think she knows anything about me knowing this song. So this can't be it. I'm going to have to keep waiting. <laughs> that's adorable. Yeah. I, I love that. It's, it's, it's been really fun. You know, I, I everyone getting us pumped up from different sides, you know, for this. And, and they were right. It was, oh, yeah. you know, so really good. great. And, and yeah, Steve mentioned podcasting with um, another one of our good friends, Mark. They just to remind everyone. Um, they also, if you want to hear more from Steve and um, Mark, check out their panels to pixels. They are also um, covering umbrella Academy season two as well. So be sure to check them out, as well as our good friend Derek and his friends at uh, TV Podcast Industries. Lots of great podcasts to check out. Be sure to check out us first, and then <laughs> go to those guys. Just just remember, yeah. remember us guys. Keep us up there, but definitely go check out our Some friends. What we have to say, and then if you need, what you do, you, you need more you need Umbrella more. Academy greatness. Go listen to what Mark and Steve have to say. And exactly, because you can't have too much Derek of a good thing. Yeah, I can't. I can't ever believe that you can't have too much of a good thing. Listen to all the podcasts. Listen to my <laughs> so, podcast. Yeah. Listen to us first. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, definitely check them out. And thank you guys so much for your feedback. I really do appreciate hearing everyone's perspectives and different insights and kind of making me look at things a little bit different. So next week we'll be covering season two, episode eight from the Umbrella Academy, the seven stages. Hmm. I wonder, I don't know what that means. They're, that, that's mean. kind of vague, or at least it's not triggering anything for me based on what we've seen so far. No, so it sounds very interesting. Sounds very I don't know, like, um, I was just thinking, what are the stages? Is it five stages of grief? So it's oh, five, sure. right? Is, is that, that maybe right? what it is? Uh, I don't know. We well, know what? We're going to the Google machine. Careful. Gonna get spoiled. Yeah, it is. Um, no, just seven stages of grief. It is seven. Of, is it yeah. seven? For some reason, I was thinking five. Maybe because I have five stuck in my head because he was mm-hmm. so pivotal in this scene and or this episode which if that's where they're going with that then um maybe that's not as exciting <laughs> maybe not might Ooh, be what's gonna happen yeah i don't know i guess we'll have to find out um but there's, but, there's seven siblings too so 
Oh, shit. Yeah. See, you just, <laughs> it could go so many different ways. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to watch the next one. We only have a few more left. Three we more. Do. It's crazy. Yeah. This went fast. Um, well, we are excited for you to follow us through time, but until then you can follow us on Twitter at strange T cast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger cast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app. You can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Well, while we're talking about great podcasts, make sure that you check out Paik and his other podcast called Run For Your Lives, where he and our good friend Daphne, whom you heard um, her lovely voicemail earlier, they cover monster movies, creature features, disaster films, and you can find them anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts and at runforyourlivespodcast.com. Would you like to give a little insight as to what you're working on now or what you just released? Yeah, so our... uh... Jurassic Park episode has been out this week and definitely if I can recommend my own podcast, I definitely say go listen to that (laughs) one because (laughs) Jurassic Park. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a ton of fun with that one. And then this weekend's episode that will maybe released by the time you hear this, the next one we are working on is Twister will be out this weekend. (gasps) So that's going to be a lot of fun. That was that one was a lot of fun too. <laughs> you guys are just like doing everything that I'm so into. Uh, I mean, I I love to nerd out about Jurassic Park. That movie never gets old for me. Oh no, that's awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear uh, more from you guys. Keep up the great work as Thank always. You. I know everyone is enjoying uh, the movies and things that you guys are covering. Oh yeah, I think we were we were talking today. We've got episodes like planned and slated through january already we know what movies we've got going we've got so we're good to go we've had we got some fun ones and for the holidays coming up we've got some holiday special movies that we've picked so it's gonna be a good time that is so good to have a plan because you know what i never do we know what we're doing next and i hope everyone's getting really excited what we're going to be covering next and that's the haunting of blind manor Oh, it's going to work out so perfect. <laughs> Once we finish wrapping on the Umbrella Academy, we are sliding right into Blind Manor and so ready for October and to be scared again. Oh, man. And this one's supposed to be scarier than the first one. It's what Mike Flanagan said. And I don't know how he's supposed to pull that off, but I don't know how. I'm excited to see it and also horrified to see how he does it. <laughs> I'm I'm confident that I'm still suffering some slight PTSD. <laughs> From The Haunting of Hill House. Bring it on, Mike Flanagan. Let's see what you can do. So I hope everyone will not only continue to keep joining us as we finish up the last couple of episodes of Umbrella Academy, but are also as excited as what we are for Bly Manor, and we hope that you join us um, yes. for that. Because Pake will be joining me. I've, you've, you've already said yes, so you, you can't yep. go back now. I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> get out of it now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you're committed. It's, yep, it's, yep. it's as good as writing in blood, my man. You, you're, you're stuck with me now. Um, but anyway, well, that's great. Can't wait to hear more from you guys. Thanks for the info on that. For sure. Yeah. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And Emily Baclarian. 
is strange indeed. <laughs>